We'll just leave that right there. So John chapter 1, verses 1 through 5 is what we're going to read. And I would just invite you to stand with me as we read God's Word, and then you can have a seat back down afterwards. John chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. Let me read this for us. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not Overcome it. This is God's inspired word for us this morning, so please be seated. Now, who can tell me what the word gospel means? Anybody? Let's pretend like we're in a classroom. Raise your hand if you know the answer. Okay, someone that's not related to me. Someone under the age of 10. Nobody? Oh, t- someone take a shot. I'll take a college student. Okay, what's, what does gospel mean? Good news. Good news. Awesome. Thank you. That's right. Good news. Um, and when we talk about the, the Bible and we refer to the gospels, we are talking specifically about the four accounts of the life of Jesus. So those would be, uh, so, okay, kids, you've got four options, okay, four, four different opportunities. Can anyone name a gospel in the Bible? Eloise, what do you think? A book of the Bible that might be considered Matthew. Okay, great. Matthew, somebody else, a child, anybody? (laughs) Anybody? Okay, yes. Mark, Mark. all right. Luke, and one more. We just read it. All right, uh, Logan. John, awesome. Great job, guys. Great job. So we have four books of the Bible that we would call the Gospels. They tell us the good news about the life of of Jesus. And so this morning we just read from the Gospel of John. And now that was the very, very beginning that we just read those five verses of this Gospel. Now what's, what's a little bit different about this Gospel, different than Matthew, different than Luke, is that this Gospel doesn't take us from the beginning to the birth or pre-birth narrative of Jesus, right? Did, did anyone hear Mary or Joseph or wise men or shepherds in there? No. We, we don't get that at all. In fact, the Gospel of John takes us back way before the birth of Jesus. In fact, even before the creation of the world. Now, it, it sounds a lot more like the beginning of the book of Genesis than it does the beginning of a Gospel, doesn't it? Anyone? Last question. Who can tell me how the Bible opens in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1? Do you even know the answer? Yes. Okay. In the beginning, God created the world. Okay. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, right? Okay, great job. Great job. Okay, you cannot answer any more questions. <laughs> and so that's how the Bible opens up. Now, how the Gospel of John opens is that in the beginning was the Word. This actually takes us back to a time before creation. And we we might even say that before the beginning, 
began was the Word, and the Word was with God. See, before God created the world, he was still what? He was still God, right? Or I should say who? Before God created the world, Jesus was still God. And so the Gospel of John, really all the Gospels tell us this idea, just like the kids played it, that Jesus is the Son of God. But, but the whole point of John's Gospel isn't that he became the Son of God that night in Bethlehem when he was born to the Virgin Mary, right? But this idea that he has been forever, okay, forever the Son of God, the eternal Son of God. He was in the beginning with God. John tells us that he was the creator of creation. You remember back in Genesis, as God created the world, how did he do it? He spoke and the world came into being. And so John tells us that Jesus is the Word, and through the Word, all things were created that have been made, and nothing was created. Without the word. So Jesus is the word, has always been the word of God. Now, how many of you can create something without using your hands and without saying, hey, Siri or Alexa? <laughs> I was really hoping somebody's watch would go off right then when we said that, right? We, we, we can't do this, but, but God can and God did. See, Jesus is the creator. He is the life giver and he is the light, the light of men. And we say men, we mean humanity, right? Not just men as in men versus women, but men and women and boys and girls, all of these things. Okay, so he is the light of men. Here's gonna, three, three quick thoughts, okay? The light brings sight. The light brings pain. And the light brings life. Okay, so the light of men brings sight. We'll start there, number one. So light illuminates or it reveals the truth. Now, we live in the rocket city, which means that somebody should know this answer. How fast is the speed of light? 186,000 miles per second. Did you hear that? Now, anyone move at that speed this morning when you got out of bed? Anyone move at a lot less, less speed than that? That's, that's 670,616,629 miles per hour. Is that right? Okay, he says yes, so that must be correct. <laughs> okay, so now I've, I've got something with me here, and, and who can tell me what, they, what this is, or what, what does it appear to be? A.G.? A box, okay. Now this box is a little highly decorated, and what do you think might be inside of it, Stella? A what? A gift. Okay. Yeah, there could be all sorts of things inside this, right? It could be a gift. It could be, anyone want to help me open this box? Okay. All right. So let's get uh, the three of you right there together. You guys can all come. Whichever three. There can even be more than three. That's fine. Come on up. So inside of this box is something. Uh, what? All right. So there's, let me just tell you that right now, now you, you have a seat. Um, <laughs> inside of this box, do you think it's light or dark? Light, dark. Okay. Well, if you, when you usually open a box, what's inside of it? Is it light or dark? Dark. Dark. Okay, let's see how fast we can open this box, and let's see what happens. All right, can you guys help me? 
Okay. Now, was it dark or light inside the box? Okay, so it was dark inside the box, and now we took it off, and now it's light inside the box, right? The light from the window. Now, let me ask you this question. Did the room get darker when we let the darkness out of the box? No. It didn't. Did anyone notice it get darker noticeably in here when we let the darkness out? No. In fact, well, here, can you guys take like handfuls of these? Just take this and pass this around to anybody. So we've got little treats in here for kids. If, you are, if you're a child and you would like one, they're gonna, my helpers are going to come just pass these around. So go ahead. Go ahead. This, this might be the worst Christmas sermon you've ever heard, okay? So, and that's okay. We, we got two more opportunities before Christmas uh, to do this again. Now, we live in a world of what? Light or darkness? All right, guys, just real quick, have a seat, and then if you want one, just, hey, raise your hand real fast if you want a fruit snack. Nobody else. Hey, girls, have a seat, have a seat. Stella, Hayden, and... Abby, go sit down. Just take them all with you. Do not eat them all in one spot, okay? Just go back right where you found it. So light illuminates, right? Light reveals. Light revealed what was inside that box. Now, do you remember back, probably none of you do, back during World War II? You remember how the the German uh, Air Force was bombing the cities of Europe? And And they sent bombers over the city of London... And London had these blackouts, okay? And so the, the entire city skyline of London was completely dark. It was so dark, in fact, that they said that a single match lit in London could be seen from the air 20 miles away. One single match. Now, light illuminates. Light shows us what is around us. It, 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 it dispels the darkness. And we live in a world of darkness, and it's not just because we live in the central time zone and the sun goes down at 4.30 in December, but it's because of sin. You know, we don't usually have a hard time identifying the sins of other people, do we? You know, is it difficult for you to determine when someone has been unkind towards you, when someone has cheated you, when someone has lied to you, when someone has done something bad to you? But is it a little bit more difficult to identify the sin within our own hearts? Isn't it pretty easy to start to make excuses for those things that we do that that maybe somebody else might take offense at? You know, yesterday we were returning some books to the library, and if you've not been to the library lately, um, the the South Huntsville one has this cool little conveyor belt, and you put a book on the conveyor belt, and it takes it, and it like slides it down. There's glass windows, and it it drops into the right spot, okay, the right different uh, category, depending on what type of book you had. And so after we drop the books off, we're driving back home, we get a call from the library. Apparently one of the books that we returned had water damage, significant water damage. And they just called and said, hey, you returned a book with water damage. Were you guys the ones that damaged the book? Because if so, we would ask you to pay for it. But if you didn't, that's okay. And so, of course, I asked the girls, and they said, no, it was like that when we got it. And then then one of our girls said, hey, wait a minute. Wouldn't anybody just say they didn't damage the book just so they don't have to pay for it, right? Isn't that our instinct? Is that we will say sort of whatever most benefits us regardless of how it impacts other people. And so light brings sight. You know, what happens when we don't have light? 
In my bedroom, I have a bed that has very sharp corners on it. And about once a month, I run into the corner of the bed. It's about shin high. I've broken some toes. Like you would think that I would be smart enough by now to either get rid of the bed or turn the light on when I have to walk around it. But I'm not, right? When we don't have light, bad things happen, whether it's intentional or unintentional. Right? I, I first moved to town, I drove the wrong way onto the parkway because it was 4.45 in January and I couldn't see and I didn't know which way to get, get onto the road. Right? Another time I drove into a fence because it was poorly illuminated and there was a driveway with a fence right at the end of it. Okay, so bad things happen when we don't have the light. Light brings sight. But the light also can bring pain. You know, we, we don't always like what we see in the light. I think I've told most of you before that I really, really hate going to the dentist. And unfortunately, I've got another appointment tomorrow morning, okay? And so I'm already dreading this. But what happens when you go to the dentist? The first thing that they do is they put you in the chair, they lean you back, they ask you to open your mouth, and then they turn on the, the light. Now, why do they do that? Because they want to see what's really going on inside there. Now, again, from, from a childhood, I've had a series of cavities. I've got weak enamel or whatever it is, that, whatever excuse that I can give you about why my teeth have been so bad. And so the, the dentist needs the light to see to help them correct what's going wrong in my mouth. You know, what I've discovered, maybe you've discovered this too, is that even when they're not drilling, they just take that little sharp pokey stick. What's that thing called? I don't know, like a sharp pokey stick, the, the metal thing. And then they start, they start scraping they start prodding, they start touching, even all of that stuff, even when my mouth is okay, it's not pain, it's not pleasant. Now, there's, there's some painful experiences there. And why do they do that? Is it because that all dentists are evil? <laughs> I don't think so. Okay, I don't think they're all evil. Maybe some of them might be. But they do that because they have to see what's going on and they have to be able to correct what's wrong, what's wrong inside my mouth. It's like the same way that if you go in for an operation. And if your, if your surgeon is operating with the lights off, are you going to feel very confident about what they're doing? But what happens when you turn the lights on? Does that mean that you're going to have a pleasant surgical experience? Might it not hurt when they take the scalpel and cut inside of you? In fact, what would happen if you had surgery and you woke up and the doctor said, hey, great news, I didn't hurt you as bad as I could have because I just left some of that infection in there. Would you feel very confident in that surgeon? Wouldn't you ask him and say, could you please, doc, go back in and remove everything? Could you have done it? Well, yeah, I could have, but, but it might have hurt a little. It might have, might have been a little more painful. And so this idea is that the light of men can bring pain. See, when sin is exposed to the light of Jesus, we try to fight it because darkness hates the light. You know, bring someone who's lived in darkness for an extended period of time out into the light, and what's going to happen when they open their eyes? It's going to hurt. I've got this little flashlight in my hand. It's not very big, but you know, if, I, if I pointed it in your eyes just for a moment, you might, you might have a hard time seeing after that. See, when our darkness is exposed, when our sin is exposed, we try to hide or we try to fight. We try to deny. But what Jesus does is he invites us to surrender to him. 
He invites us to let his light shine in every area of our lives, just like the box, right? To, to take that lid off, to not conceal, to not hide anything, and to allow him to begin doing his work in our lives. See, the light of Jesus brings pain to those people who fight against it, to those who reject it. But to those who do receive him, the gospel says, the light of men brings life. See, light is a necessary ingredient to growth. Without light, we don't have plants. Without plants, we don't have things for animals to eat. And without animals, we don't have food, right? Well, if you're vegetarian, you might like to eat the plants too. But, you know, the Bible says that our sin does not just make us bruised and broken. But, in fact, it will kill us. See, that's what sin pays to those who sin. The wages, the Bible tells us, or the payment, the penalty of sin is is death. But the free gift of God is life in Jesus Christ, our Lord. See, Jesus doesn't need to just come and make our lives a little bit better. He needs to come and make us new. His light shines on us in such a way that it gives life in a way that we have never experienced it before because Jesus makes us a completely new, a completely unique creation. And and how does he do that? Because Jesus took that payment, right? Jesus took that penalty, the thing that we owed, which was death. Jesus came, and he didn't just come as a baby in a manger, but he lived as a man. And then he went to the cross. He did all of life perfectly, right? He didn't owe that debt, and yet he paid it on our behalf because he was and always will be God. And he became a man to take our place. When we think of the great gift of Christmas, the the gift isn't the baby in the manger, but it was the king on the cross. The one who became the sacrifice that we needed. See, because of what Jesus did, because he was crucified and because he was God and rose again, we might look the same on the outside. But on the inside, when we receive the light of Jesus, everything that has been damaged and broken, all of that has been remade and restored and renewed. When we receive the love and forgiveness of Jesus, when we surrender our darkness into his perfect light, the light of Jesus not only shines on us, but it actually starts to shine from within us. That's what the kids were saying today, to shine Jesus' light. See, the gospel says, to all who receive him, to those who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, born not not of flesh, nor of, of the will of man, but born of God. See, when you receive the light of men, when you receive the light of Jesus Christ, you can go from fear to joy, from being dead in your sin to being alive in Christ Jesus, from being an enemy of God to being one of his precious adopted children. And all you have to do is to let his light shine upon you and not to fight against it. See, the light will bring sight. It will make everything clear. The light might bring pain, but the light of Jesus will always bring life to those who receive him. Won't you pray with me?
Gracious Father, it's with great joy that we remember this gift that we receive at Christmas, the gift of you. This invitation to come and to walk in the light and to experience life and life abundantly and life everlasting. Lord, we thank you that we can celebrate that today. Lord, for those of us who who have been resisting the light, who have been fighting against it, Lord, who have been striving to, to, to fix our own selves up instead of allowing you to do your holy repairs, we ask, Lord, that you would enable us to surrender, that we would open ourselves up wholly and completely to you, and that you would make us new. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.